It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey. And I'm Ashley. Last time, we discussed the Hey Arnold episode, Stoop Kid, a classic of our time. We also put out our weekly Twitter poll asking which stoop was the greatest stoop of all. The Spanish Steps in Rome, the Pyramid of the Sun in Mexico, or Stoop Kid's Stoop in Hillwood. And, of course, predictably, you guys voted for Stoop Kid's Stoop. It got 65% of the vote. The Spanish Steps was second with 26%, and then Pyramid of the Sun with a pathetic 9%. So I don't even know how to unpack this one. These are some strange results. Yeah, I I mean, maybe the Pyramid of the Sun is just lesser known than the Spanish Steps. I thought, honestly, it was going to be like 95% Stoop Kid's Stoop. Because <laughs> Me the memes, right? Like the joke, like... Like when you guys and, all uh, voted for Carl and Judy as the best couple of Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> honestly, like that's that's what I pictured, and I I did not expect the Spanish Steps of Rome to get twenty six percent. Um, I I have actually been to the Spanish Steps and the Pyramid of the Sun, and I thought the Pyramid of the Sun was pretty impressive, guys. Like that's a stoop that's up there. That being said, I still voted for Stoop Kid Stoop because I mean, come on, man, well, yeah, it's an iconic stoop. Someone who lives in New York, you know, I've seen the Brooklyn brownstone stoops. And, you know, I don't even need to go to Rome and Mexico to get it, that there is no greater stoop. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, when you come into New York, but Ashley's officially coming to New York again, well, semi-officially, we gotta, we gotta go find one that we are gonna decide is Stoop Kid's Stoop. We gotta go on a mission and and find the perfect stoop. We gotta take a picture with it. I like it. The the whoever lives there just looking out their window like, what on earth? (laughs) Like, we're just looking for good stoops yeah, over here, don't stoops. mind us. Or we should sit on it and refuse to leave and get arrested for loitering. Oh, goodness. Or, uh, who even knows? There's so many ways we can go with this, guys. Oh, or uh, we uh, we bring a football with, leave it on the stoop, and then we set like a whole thing of me trying to steal it, you yell at I me. I hide in the trash can. Oh. oh, yeah, guys, this is good. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So what are we doing okay, this? Well, we have an episode this week, don't we? As much as I'd love to keep talking about Stoop Kid. And I could forever, but this week we are discussing the greatest crossover of all time, the original Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. We know that, you know, that Avengers movie or whatever has gotten some hype over there for being a good crossover, but nothing comes close to this, folks. No, this is the greatest crossover event of all time. Similar to Stoop Kids Stoop, it is so above its competition. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter at FNN underscore podcast, Facebook, facebook.com slash FNN podcast, review us on Apple Podcasts so others can find the show, and check out our YouTube page. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now let's get started. All right, guys, this week we are covering the infamous Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. It aired on May 7th, 2004, and it's from Fairly Odd Parents, but also Jimmy Neutron. Oh man, I'm reading this. This is Oh, is it bad? It is it's not 
great but i'll okay i'll leave this i'll shorten it guys these these, we just copy and paste these synopses and they're always trash it's just yeah but okay while struggling with his science project timmy turner wishes that he could be sent to the best laboratory in the universe which ends up being jimmy's lab in retroville um and then we sort of get this situation jimmy ends up in dimsdale timmy ends up in retroville and they both have to save the day in various ways we've got goddard on the loose we've got crocker on the loose and it's a whole exciting crossover between worlds crossover between animation and just uh an exciting time all around Absolutely. And it's really, I think this might be too high praise for this this episode. It's great. But I really think it captures the best of both worlds in that we get all of the minor characters. We get both sets of parents who Ashley and I have both been on record as loving. And they unfortunately never interact. I'm hoping they do in the second and third one. I don't think I've ever seen the second or third Power Hours. So don't spoil it for me. We'll get to it eventually. Um, but the first major note that I had here um, isn't really about the crossover element. We start in the Fairly Odd Parents universe, and Crocker is introducing the science fair concept to the kids. And Crocker is just so physical. Like, it's it sounds obvious, but there's something so funny about that. He didn't have to be that way. They decided to make him this, like unathletic sort of schlubby guy but he's so animated and he's always doing ridiculous stunts to punctuate everything he says oh yeah he is he is such a highlight of that show honestly him and all of his madness and this is no exception and of course he goes on talking about the science fair and uh timmy shockingly enough has done no work on his science fair project but we do get to see the other classmates' projects, and they are all so just, like, stereotypically them, right? Yeah, like a, a boil lancer for what's-his-name. <laughs> for that kid with the boil. I don't know. Elmer's? Yeah, his name? yeah. I don't even know. Um, there's a... Uh, Chester makes, like, a flying uh, trailer or whatever. Uh, mobile home, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. AJ makes clones. <laughs> Which I feel like yeah, is not just... the last time those clones happen. Yeah, they seem vaguely familiar to me, too. But either way... Also, just that idea. He just, like, has 11 clones of himself, <laughs> low-key. Yeah. And and we'll, and we'll get to it, but... Why does that not automatically win every That's... science fair? That's amazing. What I'm thinking. Like, okay, so... Spoiler alert, guys. If you haven't seen it, I'm just gonna jump ahead. It ends up being that Goddard wins timmy the science fair and like yeah it's a robot dog and that's pretty cool don't get me wrong but it's a flying robot dog human but... cloning being done successfully yes. <laughs> that is breakthrough science and like successfully done 11 times for the same person too right like this isn't just like a one-off like With presumably he has exact... no deaths although could you imagine there's this like dark side of aj where he's like trying like maybe he made a thousand attempts and only 11 lived <laughs> You know, the other thing, too, is is what is his game plan? What is he doing with these clones in the long yeah. term? Is he just keeping them? Good point. Think about the, the sustainability of that, too, assuming that these uh, clones all need to eat and, you know, all need their own space and everything. Like, Do they all go a lot into of... foster systems spread out across the U.S.? Is this like an orphan black setup? <laughs> There's a spinoff we got to watch. AJ's clones get separated across the country. Love it. That's it. <laughs> 
Uh, anyways, though, uh, Timmy has nothing because he's trash yeah. as always. And I think we flash back to something about Cosmo convincing him to not learn but as always. Before we move on from this moment, Timmy needs a distraction to sneak out of the classroom. So he tells Crocker, look, a child in pain. And without missing a beat, Crocker grabs a chair, a large popcorn, goes, where? And starts shoveling popcorn into his mouth. I thought that was so funny. Oh, it so is. It, it It's one of those lines and one of those things is just so over the top and ridiculous and it works so well in the fairy, Fairly Odd Parents world. Mm-hmm. Just just all of it. Just all of the over top things. Popcorn coming out of nowhere. Crocker's excitement at the very obviously like evil child in pain. It's so good. It sure it's so is. good. And even though I knew what this was and I had seen it as a kid, the transition to Jimmy Neutron happened quicker and more suddenly than I thought it would and it totally threw me. I was like, "What? What's happening? What? Why?" And I was like, "Ah, yes, the entire point of this movie." Yes. Right. So so first he wants to go to the greatest lab and I think I might say the world or something. I don't know what it is, but he he goes there and it's AJ's lab and he obviously can't take any of AJ's experiments because AJ being the brilliant clone-making scientist that he is would know. So instead he wants the greatest lab in the universe. And Casey, I think this is interesting. Yeah. This means that Jimmy's lab is apparently some kind of factually better than AJ's lab. Oh, I thought you were going to say that they exist in the same universe. (laughs) No, we can live with that too, but... I think it's just uh, <laughs> bad writing because they, they treat them like parallel universes, not the same universe, but it's like, like, have you seen, we might have talked about this, like, have you seen how there's, like, all these elaborate theories of how iCarly is really a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh my god, no, that's hilarious. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> but, like... Oh boy. Like, yeah, people on the internet have gone too far this time. But it is funny, like... Maybe there are just two different Earths in this universe on far ends of the galaxy or of the universe. It doesn't even have to be the same galaxy, you know? Yeah, you know, you just kind of got to deal with it, I think. And are they happening at the same time or are they also traveling through time? It's unclear. But all that matters is that Timmy gets over there, right? He's in the world's universe's, rather, greatest lab. Which is none other than Jimmy Neutron's, which I guess is fair, too. I feel like Jimmy spends more time in his lab than AJ, maybe. I'll, I'll allow and it. Are they, allow are it. they dissing Dexter's lab here, the writers? Or does that exist mm-hmm. in a different universe? <laughs> it's really hard to say, Casey. Sorry, I'll come but... off this. I'm obsessed with this idea now. <laughs> or, like, you know, professional scientists' labs, yeah, right? You know, like, the, the two best labs in the, like, Hadron the respective Collider worlds. Or whatever it's called. <laughs> Our children, right? Like, children are making the world's... I, we're, we're both caught up on different problems. Oh. Yeah. So, big question I have that's sort of captivated me is why are crossovers so thrilling? Why do we love them? Like, there was just a scandal, uh, How to Get Away with Murder crossover that makes no sense because, like, I believe President Obama existed in the How to Get Away with Murder universe, but in Scandal... Obama never happens. It's President Fitzgerald Grant. So, like, that's one of many things that doesn't work. But we love it. We love crossovers. That's kind of the whole Avengers franchise. That's the whole point of it. Why is that? You know, it's hard to say, I, but it it is exciting. Or, um, I don't think you played either of these series, but there's a Professor Layton Phoenix Wright crossover oh, wow. game that happened. I didn't know that. 
Um, yeah, which was super thrilling. I don't even remember what it was called anymore, but yeah, there's there's a crossover between those two games, and it's like part court style, part puzzle game, and it was, it's like, it is not, in my opinion, better than either of the two games on their own, they, but they it was still just so exciting. Are. Yeah. Right? Like, I think it's more of just, I don't know, like, you're, you're nerding out about both things at the same time, right? And it's like, like, you're excited about Fairly Odd Parents, you're excited about Jimmy Neutron, and it's happening at the same moment, right? And I don't know, I think it's, it's also just fun to sort of really dig into those what ifs, right? Like, what if Timmy and Jimmy collided? Like, what, what happens? How do these different character relations build out? And I think, I don't know, I think it's just, it's hard to pin down exactly, but it is exciting. <laughs> It is, and I was thrilled by it too. I don't mean to have a judgmental tone of like, why does everyone like crossovers? I just, I don't get what it is about it. I guess when you know the two worlds well and seeing them make jokes about each other, there's some great crossover humor in this episode. And some not so great. Like every time Cosmo said uh, fudge head, I didn't laugh. Except once when he goes... uh, Oh, I forget how exactly he words it, but they're in danger in fairy world. And Cosmo's like, you've got to do something, Fudgehead. And then they're running. And he goes, you've got to do something. And then a laser hits them. And he goes, Fudgehead, <laughs> after the laser hits. The timing of that cracked me up. But the whole his hair looks like fudge thing. Like it kind of does in the animation, but it's just, it did nothing for me. Yeah, the, the there's a most of their nicknames they have for each other like they keep calling timmy small-headed jimmy and that doesn't really make sense to me because his head's still pretty big right that one got, i will worlds. say that one got me i don't know what it is <laughs> i thought that was hysterical but, uh, i don't know i i think i'm just like too like i was like but is i think like his actual head like jimmy's hair is bigger but yeah, i feel like timmy's head is the same. maybe larger yeah. <laughs> if not the same size well, it's sheen and carl so they're not really that's known okay for their intelligence fine i do I'll love, allow it they're like carl and sheen find jimmy or find timmy wow i do this already i always mix up timmy and jimmy and now it's gonna be even worse uh carl and sheen find timmy in the lab after jimmy has left they have like a confrontation moment jimmy Timmy, wow, is using his gadgets. He puts on the brain one and he starts going like, I'm loopy, which was a great callback to the Jimmy Neutron universe. But it's Timmy, so we love it because it's a crossover. Anyway, (laughs) uh, there's a point where Carl and Sheen are kind of freaked out and Sheen just goes, all right, don't worry. The small headed are easy to manipulate. (laughs) What a great line. It is. It really is. He also, I think it's, I think it's Sheen that says that he scientifically altered the first letter of his name. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, Carl's astounded. He's like, wow, you made your head small and you scientifically altered the first letter of your name. Oh, we got to talk the theme song too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's, um. It's kind of like, it's it's not the characters immediately, but it's just kind of like the universes almost, uh, or worlds, I guess, keep bringing in, like, bigger and bigger boom boxes in front of this microphone, and they, like, keep 
just destroying each other's to play yeah. their respective theme songs. And the animation is true to each one. So we start with a cartoony uh, boombox, you know, da-da-da-da, odd parents, fairly odd parents, and then it's super-powered mind, mechanical canine, and it keeps going back and forth. I loved it. It got me really excited. I loved it, too. It was such a, it was such a fun way of just getting them, like, the back and forth is well done, the animation style is well done, and that's... That's one of the things, too, that's just exciting overall is just the the play between the animations. Um, I think we can all agree that the Fairly Odd Parents animations look better for the uh, for the things from Jimmy Neutron's universe than the other way around. I think, even, I think Fairly Odd Parents looks beautiful. Like, it's cartoony and stuff, but the, the color, the the world is just so pretty. And Jimmy Neutron is like a bad video game. I like the yeah, writing and, and the characters, but I don't love the animation. I mean, I wouldn't change it. It makes the show what it is, but it's still weird yeah. to look at. It's weird, and it's it's something about Timmy just does not transition well into it for me. I, I don't know if it's his oversized tooth or what it is, but like something just doesn't doesn't cross over properly. Um. I do wonder, I'd imagine in the, um, in the later Power Hours, we get more crossover characters, right? Because we really only get Timmy and Jimmy switching places. We get Goddard. We get Goddard, yeah, but we don't get any of the others, I don't think, right? No, we don't. And I'm so desperate for those parents to meet up. Because, like, remember at the end of 2016 when we did our secondary characters list? And, or whenever that was... And I had Jimmy and Timmy's parents, and you had... I had Timmy's parents, and you had Jimmy's parents. So, like, it would be a crossover of our lists, too. It would be beautiful. I... We gotta... We gotta put these somewhere on our list now, just because of it. Um, I think... Yeah, because there's three in three, total, three total, right? Yeah, and I would like to do them soon, honestly. Not, like, immediately, but... No, but I, I'd say... Months. Yeah, I'd I'd say within within the calendar year for sure I'd want to do the rest of them, I think. Can we make that a goal for the rest of the year? Yeah, that's our late resolution. And more Rocco's was our initial resolution. We've definitely yeah. honored that. I mean, we do kind of know, well, I don't know if you've watched it. If you watched the live action films, we kind of know what Cosmo and Wanda look like in 3D animation, Oof, but you're right. I, I hope it's... That's non-canonical, though. I was, I was, hopefully it goes better than that. That it's the fans have all universally decided it's not a part of the Fairly Odd Parents universe. As, as should be decided. Um, but anyway. Oh, we gotta get into, uh, Timmy and Cindy have this whole thing going on it's and so weird <laughs> it's weird it's also weird because like okay cindy's smart enough i feel like to see through timmy's quote-unquote genius immediately right like he's he's an idiot right. right like all over the place so i don't really know what she's she's getting all confused about here discussing the gender politics of a children's tv movie is a bit of a stretch even for me but i was excited for this episode when we get introduced to cindy and libby and they're talking about like great women historical figures where uh 
Cindy's like, well, Susan B. Anthony could totally take uh, Ma- Marie Curie or whoever, the nuclear... Madame Curie. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the... And then Libby comes back with, well, if she teamed up with Harriet Tubman, and then they're interrupted. And I was like, wow, yes, I'm here for this. Uh, and then, you know, Cindy goes on to basically be a prop for Timmy. She's very much to like, I'm going to help you through this boy protagonist. And at the end, she's like, you're so smart. You made it all up for me to solve. It's like, oh, Cindy, you're better than this. They play it as yeah. lovestruck. And to be fair, Jimmy gets really dumb when he's lovestruck, too. It's just in the world. But I was hoping she'd have more to do. Or if they'd thrown in, like, Trixie or somebody in... Or something, yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's, it's just a little weird. I don't really understand. Because Timmy's not really, like, girl-obsessed in his own universe, other than Trixie, Trixie. But, like... Yeah. But he certainly... He feels... It's sort of like when I entered high school and then when I entered college. It's like those first weeks and it's like, oh, they don't know I suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can trick them. <laughs> uh, kind of know. I, I, I know the feel. Or like, I guess a better the... example is, like, when you're in elementary school or middle school and you are either bullied or have low self-esteem and you go to, like, a camp or a, like, week-long trip and you realize no one knows who you are and you can be anyone you want and it's really exciting. And I think that's kind of what it's like with Timmy here. It's like, oh, here people think I'm smart. I'm just going to roll with this. Yeah, and and he does. And uh, you can't totally fault him on that. But again, it's just it's just kind of a weird situation. Um, but, you know, there's that. The the bigger sort of... So there's there's two separate conflicts that end up happening. But the first one is that... Goddard is going through an upgrade, and Timmy's impatient, and he <laughs> thinks it's boring. <laughs> so he's like, well, instead of this boring update, what if I put my video game in instead? Which uh, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something something about a destructive robot. Yeah. And so Goddard gets upgraded to be a destructive robot. So there's that whole problem. And then we also have the problem of uh crocker breaking into fairy world so we've got you know these sort of two parallel issues but i do think they do a good job of sort of keeping us in one world for a while and then moving back to the other one it's not like a constant overwhelming back and forth right right well you've talked about the b c d and maybe e plots but let's talk about the a plot which is hugh and judy neutron role-playing as superheroes (laughs) Oh yeah, as as Mighty Mom and Dino Dad, or, or no, not, not even actually, just Mighty Mom. Oh yeah, but it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> like we don't need to get into that part of it, but they the writers were definitely doing that with a wink. Yeah, it is weird. With Hugh's and, reaction, and, especially, he's like, "Oh, this is what we're doing." Okay. <laughs> yeah, and she just she just gets obsessed. Does that ever get? resolved not really it kind of just stay that's just how their relationship is honestly yeah that's <laughs> fair Nothing really changes i mean she's a little more over the top that's about true. cleaning and stuff yeah. right and like mold is her weakness and stuff like that <laughs> that was uh, cute that was cute yeah so so there is that moment with them um can we talk but, about how jimmy like he has his repressed stuff but he's kind of sexist trash 
<laughs> like uh, well, the yeah. reason why Cindy likes Timmy is because he values her opinion. She's like, "Wait, you actually value my opinion?" And he goes, "Sorta." <laughs> and she is captivated by this. And Jimmy is mad till the very end of the episode that Timmy let a girl into his lab. It's like, doesn't science have enough gatekeeping, Jimmy, without you, the smartest person ever, barring women from entry? <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of trash, and and you know it. It's I'm okay with him being competitive with Cindy in general, right? right? If like, if it were Cindy, that'd be one thing. But he says no girls allowed, which I get. It's like the kid fort thing, you know. Jimmy's not an adult; he's a kid, but but still. But he's like a little bit past that, you'd think, right? right? Especially yeah. if he's a genius. Maybe I guess he does lack a lot of social capabilities, That's true, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and and it could just be him further trying to express his feelings for whatever right, right. that we all totally. Well, we also got to talk about Jimmy's interaction with Cosmo and Wanda, which I think is really entertaining. Yeah. Well, he he um, comes to the conclusion that they're holograms, so that's a good start. <laughs> Yeah, that is. And it's a nice sort of, you know, Cosmo and Wanda are like, I'm Cosmo and I'm Wanda and we're... And they look at each other nervously and <laughs> Jimmy's just like, oh, of course, holograms. And they're like, yeah, let's go with that. And they he, they were or they respond to him in a specific way. And he goes, oh, wow, you must have been programmed with super intelligence. Cosmo goes, do you hear that? He called me super intelligent. And he turns into a superhero with IQ instead of the Superman S. <laughs> And then yes. Jimmy, he's like, go ahead, ask me a question. And Jimmy asks something that's not a numerical question. And he goes, seven. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think actually, um, Wanda asks him, why won't you shut that's up? What it and he responds <laughs> yes. with seven. It's so a great it's like, moment. It is. It's, it's a very Cosmo moment. It's, <laughs> his classic stupidity right. but it's done so well that you just can't be mad yeah, the, the, tr- um, the bit of wanda being annoyed by him is underrated too like we think of wanda as the sort of bland like straight man of the show but she's got some bits with him you know like it, cosmo would be far less funny without wanda if timmy had one fairy it would be pretty miserable with e- just either of them yeah i mean we do see that moment in uh in is that in the... no i thought it was in a and the why can't I come up with the name of it? Ever catastrophe. Oh yeah, I yeah, think you're right. Yeah. Where he has just Cosmo and Cosmo falls apart. That's true, now he, yeah. he needs Wanda to keep him together. We uh, also have this great moment. So Ashley figured out when we were watching Angry Beavers that it's the same composer as Jimmy Neutron, which was a great catch because they're such different shows. Uh, but there, there was a moment in part of the episode where that, that like Mexican song, the one that always plays, it's a real song. It's not just in Angry Beavers, but it starts with every title card that, you know what I'm talking about? That started playing in the background. I thought that was, it must've been a nod to Angry Beavers, right? But it didn't really make sense with what was happening. So maybe the composer was just lazy and was like, stick that in again. Could be. Either way, there's a solid catch by Casey over there. Um, and then, yeah, so, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think the conflicts that go on or their resolutions are particularly interesting. They're ridiculous. It's, you're right, it's so less about the plot. I will say the build to them is great. Like, uh, like how... 
Timmy, like, the way they get there is great. Like, Timmy being too lazy to wait for Goddard to upgrade, causing all of the chaos. That totally makes sense. Yeah, and I, I do think, you know, it, it's got its... It's got its moments there. It's it's more of just, like... And I think both resolutions are just kind of uninteresting, right? He just kind of powers down Goddard, and then he, you know, asks about that. And, and and a similar thing, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, Jimmy's just trying to find a way to get back. Yeah. Um, And he ends up sort of reworking the transportation device, which... Um, was specifically only able to bring Timmy back to his room originally, but then it can bring him anywhere. And I thought it was kind of clever to be like, well, while he builds this device that can go anywhere, Crocker bursts in and wants to go to Fairy World specifically, right? Which, you know, I, I think that's kind of an interesting way of him of him getting it's there. It's a little convenient, because why does Crocker suddenly want to go to Fairy World now? That's never really been his thing. I guess it's more of just he believes in fairy world, and so, like, that would be a place for him to go and prove totally. that fairies that's exist, true. right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I bought it all. Um, oh, and when, so when Goddard gets upgraded, they're all freaking out, and he's like, don't worry, the game's rated triple G, which makes you think that it's, you know, fine, and then Goddard's huge and disastrous, and he goes, and he's like, what does triple G even stand for? And Timmy says, gratuitous gut, gut-wrenching gore fest. Yeah. <laughs> classic joke yeah and it is it is fun for a little bit right he's just going around destroying things and getting bigger and it's you know it's it honestly does kind of feel like um a somewhat standard jimmy neutron problem yeah right but like the invention gets out of hand i do wish the the plots had somehow connected more like the problems, like maybe yeah, somehow, that might be like what if Crocker somehow started controlling Angry Goddard, you know? Yeah, and maybe that's part of why, like, it just kind of feels like there's problem, easy solution, yeah. and problem and easy solution. And they're both so on I mean, separate tracks. You could watch this movie and you wouldn't have to watch each half. Like you could split it up into two, mostly fine, except for right. the big switch. Yeah, and and. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. I still love this. I still think it's a oh, lot it's of fun. Amazing. But yeah, it's one of the, my favorites we've watched. It's really, it's more enjoyable just for the excitement of the crossover than the content of right. it itself. And the solid right? jokes it's, and the, the dialogue, the characters interacting. It's great. Yeah, and, and I've got to think that this must have been fun too for the voice actors and everything, right? Like you're working with people you're not yeah, normally working with. having that. A, must, that must have been fun, yeah playing off of each other in different ways like the, the whole thing because i'm you know it's, a, it's an exciting it's an exciting moment and it it definitely you know it lived up to my memory of it honestly overall um and i remember feeling kind of like the plots were quickly tied up all right let's resolve it call it a day right. but better than dragging it out i think yeah for sure i I do agree, and maybe we'll have to see. Maybe in the second or third Power Hours, maybe they do a better job of creating one central conflict that right. sort of brings the whole teams together. We'll, we'll have to see. Cool sort of musical dramaturgy moment where Jimmy has a brain blast in the Fairly Odd Parents universe, and then the Jimmy Neutron music starts playing. I thought that was awesome. It's the first time the other worlds are sort of broken musically. That was a great idea. 
Yeah, and they also go sort of back and forth within his brain blast between, like, the standard brain blast Jimmy Neutron animation and the 2D um, Fairly Odd Parents animation. I, I don't know. It was just fun. It was. It was just kind of an exciting, <laughs> exciting and thing in there. In that final moment, Crocker threatening Jimmy with an F is perfect. Like, of course, that would be the one thing that would freak Jimmy out. Oh, yeah, it would. He, he also touches an F towards the beginning <laughs> and right. it like burns him right <laughs> yeah and yeah i'm trying to think oh we got this sort of magic versus science topic that's happening right like jimmy at the end says i don't know if i believe in magic but and it's like oh there's some doubt like maybe he seems like his worldview expanded on this trip you know yeah i mean to be fair in his world the probably isn't magic right. exactly yeah, i guess not there are aliens and stuff and they have like sort of weird science going on but not not magic strictly speaking but then on the flip side timmy has never seen the use for science because he can wish everything right but he's stuck that's true without his fairies in a world where he has to ultimately kind of rely on these gadgets and like he even says like science is cool when he's looking at jimmy's gadgets i thought that was a neat sort of the characters both learn and then return to their original worlds. Yeah, and, and you know, they, they do kind of go back on good terms, yeah. and I, I think that's fun, too. Well, just... That scene where they switch back is so good. Well, Timmy first... Oh, I love it. Timmy first says, what's wishing? Or Timmy says, I wish we could go back to our original worlds. And Jimmy says, what's wishing going to do? And as he says that, poof. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun, too. They're, they're sort of slowly going back between and they slowly transform back or uh into their original animations right yeah. we sort of have this moment where they're they're crossing over Cindy's having a meltdown and jimmy's all embarrassed that was funny yeah uh, and like don't forget yeah, me, for me jimmy <laughs> yeah like, wait where <laughs> for jimmy yeah, timmy wondering too. does she know there's gonna be a sequel <laughs> you know it's she's just she's just in love with them apparently mm. after what less than 24 oh, hours absolutely, uh, <laughs> yeah. probably less than um, like five hours even yeah but it's you know it's fun and, and it, there's also timmy's like oh yeah i'm not actually a genius and jimmy's like you know i kind of figured that out yeah. from all the f's <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he goes well thanks for everything genius and jimmy says don't mention it average kid who no one understands brilliant just yes brilliant. and they fix the grammar error because don't they say timmy is an average kid that no one understands do they i'm not sure they don't say who no i think you're right did, did he say who yeah he did confidently yeah because it would huh. sound weird as a line yeah it is yeah, that you're right. no one understands but singing it timmy is an average kid who no one understands no it would totally work it's just wrong Wow. You know, I just never thought about it. <laughs> but I noticed it because they definitely switched it for the lion. Yeah. Either way, it's hilarious. Oh, it's it's such a good play there, which, you know, he is just the average kid yeah. that no one understands. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has a different theme song for every season. And each season, they sneak in a moment of a character reciting the entire theme song in conversation. It's awesome. And they're long. They're like songs. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, so that, yeah, I haven't watched any of that, but that's that. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this was. Um, I loved this. I really did. Yeah. I was. Smi- I smiled so much. It was just warm and cozy. You know, just nice yeah. to hang out with these characters. I like. And as much as I didn't think Goddard should necessarily beat out the whole cloning thing, I did think it was sweet that uh, Jimmy apparently figured out the portal thing, and he portals in. Uh, uh, teleports in Goddard to save Timmy from having nothing in the science fair. So I thought it was a, you know, it's a kind-hearted moment from our, our good friend Jimmy. Oh, and I do want to backtrack real quick, too, on, on the note of Goddard. Um, Jimmy, Timmy's all, like, really, really worried about fairy world coming to an end. And Jimmy's like, well, why do you care? They're just computer programs. And as he says that, Goddard kind of comes over and looks all sad, right? Like, and then... Timmy explains, like, well, I mean, Goddard's just a computer too, right? But, like, he still means something to you. And I thought that analogy was really well done. very sweet. And I think, I don't know if Jimmy would have sent Goddard if that conversation hadn't happened. Like, Timmy realizes at the last minute, you know, that he has, he does not have a science fair project. It's the classic start an episode plot with a certain goal and then completely lose that goal along the way because you get so wrapped up in all of the chaos. And he's like, oh, right, I originally went to find a science fair project. And a portal opens and Goddard comes in, in the animated kind of thing. And, uh, in the Fairly Odd Parents animation, and there's a really sweet moment of them kind of thanking each other, even though Timmy can't hear Jimmy from controlling Goddard. Yeah, but it's still it's really cute. But yeah, it's it's again I will will allow him to win the science fair with it because it's cuter that way. Um, but that's that's about how it wraps up. It's it really is just. It's fun. The whole thing is fun. It flew by for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt, you know, like you could have told me that it was a normal half an hour episode length and I would have believed you. Like, it just was so easy to sit down and watch. You're excited the whole way through. And even though the plots are sort of short-lived and short-solved, that, that makes it feel like it goes fast, yeah, right? The like pacing is We do great. cover cover two story arcs pretty quickly, so. Totally. Um, I don't I don't know what else I have to add. I feel like I'm probably missing something and you'll probably let me know what it is. You know, for once, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I'm going to do a quick skim, but uh, no, I did. I thought the pacing was really great that we never spend too long in each world, but it never felt like we were getting whiplash going back and forth. Yeah, that that was definitely something that I think they could have gone too much, too much back and forth, too much... We're in Jimmy, then Timmy, Jimmy, Timmy. And it definitely gives you time to sort of soak into each yes. half of the plot. Because it could have been like two minutes in each world, back, forth, back, forth, and it would have been really disorienting. Yeah. Oh, the tour guide. Did we talk about the, fa- <laughs> the oh, fairy Oh, there we go. Guide? Yeah. Um. So Crocker sneaks onto this tour bus of fairy world, and he talks about, I forgot what it's called. It's like the fairy world armory or something. Um all of their weapons and Crocker's like so hypothetically if somebody was able to I don't know teleport directly into there and steal all the weapons could they become king of all of fairy world and he's like well only if they were evil enough to destroy the big wand and he like 
he just uses like this cheesy tour guide voice and he's over the top like excited and explaining like the way that Crocker could blatantly destroy <laughs> fairy world if he wants to and I just thought that was funny. That's great. And the fact that they have an armory <laughs> in the first yes. place is amazing. Can't they just well, they make weapons prepped. appear whenever they want? You know, there are some interesting questions as to the limitations <laughs> of magic. Yeah, maybe Casey. they have gun control in in the yeah, fairy they, world. Maybe maybe in the rules you're not allowed to create weapons and they they've only have these created weapons that they keep here that were made under control controlled circumstances that you know maybe okay fair enough we are let's just we clearly put more <laughs> thought into this world than like anybody else does <laughs> we might have put in more thought than the uh the writers originally honestly they probably were just like yeah an armory that yeah. works okay <laughs> <laughs> exactly we'll have to ask uh, i almost called him dan Harmon, uh butch hartman <laughs> <laughs> Now, there is a crossover that I would oh, like goodness. to see. Oh, man. Okay. But with that, yeah, let's head over. Was, that was that the last head bit? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's head over to the conclusion, then. All right, guys. Here is our Twitter poll for this week. Which Nick crossover would you most want to see? We picked three that we thought would be fun. We got SpongeBob Rocket Power, Angry Beaver's Cat Dog, or Danny Phantom Teenage Robot. And we have a theory behind each one, if you want to explain, Ashley. Yeah, all right. So SpongeBob Rocket Power, I said they're, you know, they're surfing or whatever, and they fall deep within the depths. They end up <laughs> falling into SpongeBob's world. Let's just let it happen. Is it, like, really dark that they drown, and then their sort of last thoughts of hallucination are the SpongeBob characters? Or do they somehow <laughs> start breathing underwater? You know, it's it's debatable. It's debatable. <laughs> Maybe even they decided to take up snorkeling or something. Oh, or, oh, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, okay. They could do it. it it's Let's not overthink it. I just it. love <laughs> this idea where it's this, like, you know, sex, this... this just before death, like, vision. You know, it honestly could be. They just dream it up. Either way, the interaction, I think, would be fun. We we sort of called out some pairs. Like, we think Reg and Sandy would get along great. Mm -hmm. We think Otto and... Um, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Or Twister. Sorry, Twister yeah. and Patrick. Otto's I guess Otto would be interesting. They're both pretty yeah. affable, friendly people. That's true. That's true. I definitely think that... Twister, Twister Patrick would have some good convos, and we had to do Squid and Squidward just because the names. Yeah, and got to get Raimundo and Mr. Krabs, I suppose, somehow. Oh, you know, I could, I could kind of see that somehow. I could plankton. see that working out. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all buds, though. But yeah, then for Angry Beaver's cat dog, we thought, you know, siblings who are stuck with each other, one of them physically, and one of them just because they're codependent. <laughs> Yeah, and I kind of think there would be an interesting thing of, uh, I feel like Cat would be almost envious of the Angry Beaver's ability to be separate from one yeah. another. And... But then, like, Daggett would totally be jealous of the fact that right. they're together all the time. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, why don't we, why don't we get to be yeah. together always? And it, that, it would be a fun play for sure. <laughs> um, and then the last one here, Danny Phantom Teenage Robot, they're both sort of these... I think we've kind of compared them to within our episodes, just uh, 
They're both these... It's, you, you know, it's like, uh, I've got a, the responsibility of saving the entire world as we know it, but who am I going to take to prom? You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, absolutely yes. Like... It's so funny that there are two shows like that. (laughs) And I also think it's, you know, it's, it would be interesting because they are both sort of saving the world in very fundamentally different ways. And, you know, I I just think it would be, I think it would be interesting. I feel like those characters would kind of get along well, too. I feel like. That might get my vote. Honestly, like, I'd have to think it through. I feel like. Rocket Power is too tempting, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Angry Beaver's cat dog. I want all of these to be made, and they'll get like ten viewers on Nickelodeon, and I don't care. That being said, um, we gotta we gotta ask for it, Cam. I know you mentioned you, you might start charging us, but if we have any free memes left, <laughs> pick your favorite one, Cam, and meme it up. That's it. Should be an easy. All one. I can ask for you. It should be easy to do. Yeah, I mean, you could you could just kind of copy pasta them in, right? Yeah. Cam very clearly like directs these right it's not just i'm gonna slap a head on someone's body it's like i need to find the expression the scenario and the body pose that's perfect for this so i think i i i trust you on this and no pressure like if you like if you don't have time oh yeah like but these have been fun so uh or also i guess Anybody else yes, who might please. be meme inspired? Cam is not the yeah. only person allowed Yesenia to make us memes. Made us a meme <laughs> once. Uh, a few people have made us memes, so yeah, we're, we're so counting I... on you guys. You're our only hope. <laughs> all right. So with all of the exciting crossovers, all of the potential combinations, and the excitement of that, let's not forget that we have a a regular podcast to run, guys. Um, <laughs> And next week, we will be covering the Rugrats Mother's Day episode. It is going to be an emotional moment, for sure. With Mother's Day coming up, we figured it was the appropriate thing to do. And get ready for some tears, guys. Yeah, I haven't seen it, maybe ever, but I already can tell. Like, it's, you know, it's about Chucky. It's about what Mother's Day means to him. It's going to be a lot, but I'm excited. Uh, social media blast, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Do those things, please. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, thanks as always for listening, and we'll see you next week.